When you're facing a chronic disease, it can feel like you have no control over your health. This disease does not dictate who I am. I have this fighter tenacity. I choose to live. It's my desire to live versus allow the disease to take over. That's Stella Major, a transplant recipient and facilitator for a chronic disease self-management program called Take Charge. She's joined today by her co-facilitator and fellow transplant recipient, Quinn Taylor, to talk about taking charge of your health in the face of chronic disease. I'm Sarah Jane Castro, Director of Marketing and Communications for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois, and your host for this edition of The Journey Continues. Hi, Della and Quinn. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to hear about both of your stories. So Della, I'll start with you. When were you first diagnosed with kidney disease? Well, uh, I actually was first diagnosed uh, with having kidney, chronic kidney issues in 2007, because that's when I found out uh, I had systemic lupus. But Mm -hmm. um, full end stage renal disease, it was not until 2010. Okay. Wow. So when you got your lupus diagnosis, did they tell you, we want to keep an eye on your kidneys? It was a combination of several things. It was not only just the kidneys, the heart. So, mm-hmm. but the kidneys seemed to have been the dominant organ that was affected by the lupus. And we definitely had to watch it because I had a crash and I was in the ER and a lot of things was breaking down and shutting down. And, mm-hmm. and because of the lupus, um, the, my chronic kidney, my kidneys was failing and major issues that was going on. Yeah, sounds like it. Mm-hmm. So um, how many years were you on dialysis? Close to 10 years I was on dialysis before oh, wow. I qualified. And I said the word qualified for a kidney transplant because, um, you know, a lot of issues were still happening due to the lupus. And so it took that long just to finally get to the measures that was required for me to be classified or you looked at as a kidney recipient. Wow. So it sounds like you had a lot to manage. How did you manage your life with dialysis and lupus and everything you had going on? Well, you said, how did I manage my life? I'm going to have to say, how am I managing my life? <laughs> because that situation is still going forth. Uh, it was challenging, uh, very challenging. Uh, I had to take it one day at a time. I was more in the hospital than I was out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. It was hard uh, being single as well. A lot of personal challenges. So uh, it was because of my faith and uh, my trust in God. And just really, I have this mentality that this disease does not dictate who I am. So mm-hmm. I have this fighter uh, tenacity. So I choose to live and it's my desire to live versus allow the disease to take over. Yeah, that's a wonderful way to look at it. I love that. Yeah. So you have received since received a kidney transplant, right? Yeah. Tell us about life now post-transplant. Hey, my newborn day was August 18, 2019, Uh and it has been a journey, definitely, but at the same time, I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, um, you know, one of the, one of the things about receiving this transplant is the fact that it it was a mind changing setting because it was, I had to appreciate the gift of life that I was given and it was just really so, um, overwhelmingly, 
just so overwhelming because I was like, I have this chance. And so I took it very personal to make sure that I honor this gift as long as I possibly can. And the fact that I, how I received it and waited so long. So it's just been great. Every day to me is a wonderful day. Every day I'm not in dialysis. It's a great day. So having this transplant in spite of some of my issues, it still is a good day. Well, congratulations. I love that. I can hear the the excitement and positivity in your voice and how you're you're not taking this gift lightly. No, cannot. So Quinn, I want to hear some about your story. Um, I believe you have a family history of kidney disease, right? Yes, I do. I was away at school. My body just went completely out of whack. Um, I had scabs on my legs from where my um, legs would swell up and my skin was tearing, along with other... Oh unfamiliar symptoms. I came home and I went to the doctor for something completely unrelated and they took my labs and they called back that evening and said, you need to come to the hospital because your kidneys are failing. And oh, I always wow. say that those are one of, that was one of the most, if not the most defining moments in my life. And what most people didn't know is that dialysis had always been a part of my life. My father started dialysis before I was even born. So growing up, I knew what it was. It was always a part of life. You know, my life didn't look like other kids. I remember when we were, you know, I'm aging myself a bit, but in grammar school, they kind of teach you gender roles. Like mom, mom stays at home, takes care of the kids. Dad goes to work. And I would say, no, dad goes to dialysis and mom goes Mm -hmm. to work. And um, they kind of had to have a talk. Well, you know, Quinn, your life looks a little different than most kids. After that defining phone call, I went in for a kidney biopsy and found out I had what's called FSGS, focal segmental glomerulosclerosis, which is a rare kidney disease. From that point, we were able to determine because I never had hypertension. I'm not diabetic. I've always Mm -hmm. been healthy. Um, They went back and looked at my family history, my dad. um, They told him his kidneys failed from hypertension. And as they look back, my granddad was on um, dialysis and they thought his was from heart problems. They looked back, my great grandmother was on dialysis. Um, I have family, my dad's cousins, they're on dialysis now and they all have FSGS. So back then we didn't have the genetic testing that we do now. What a startling look at how family history can unfold with when you look back at so many generations and all the cousins who are affected. That's just, that's just incredible. So what did you know about kidney disease? I know you, you said you grew up with your dad being on dialysis. What did you know about kidney disease growing up? Was that something on your radar? Absolutely. I always applaud my dad because he was very intentional in making sure I understood what dialysis and kidney disease was. I can remember him taking me to the Museum of Science and Industry and they had an exhibit about dialysis and he walked me through it and explained it to me um, so that I was always understanding of what it was he was going through. Um, I can remember being a child and going to his dialysis center. So I knew what it looked like. I knew where dad was when he wasn't at home. Um, Mm -hmm. He educated me at home about it, um, why he didn't eat certain foods. The only thing he never explained to me was the fluid, you know, restrictions. Right. But no, I knew about kidney disease. I can remember when I turned 16 
and I wanted to give him a kidney. Um, mm. And at that point, I was too young. Mm-hmm. For a long time, I wanted to be a doctor. Um, I did nursing in high school so that I could become a doctor. And I wanted to be a nephrologist because in my eyes, nephrologists were heroes because that was the person who kept my dad alive. I was very understanding of it, but I was very understanding as a caregiver or a family member or a support person. Um, it gets really different when you become the patient. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So what skills did you use to manage your health while you and your dad were were both dealing with a kidney disease diagnosis? When I had to go on dialysis, at that point, my dad had had a transplant and his transplant actually went out 10 years to the day. So we were dialyzing together at the same center, same doctor. The skills that I picked up from him, um, I would say that as time went on, he gave me skills because I don't care. People, nothing can really prepare you for that day. You walk in and sit in that chair and you have to get the needles placed and you have to have a first treatment. As much as you know, it's still a surreal moment. It's just a lot to take in. So as time went on, he gave me skills. When I would cramp, he taught me about, you know, pushing my feet into the ground or drinking a little Gatorade. If my blood pressure was low, he taught me about having a little cola to help bring it back up. So as, you know, time cutting fluid and how to, you know, last through the whole treatment and why it was so important. So these things um, he did give me as I was becoming a empowered patient. Um, mm-hmm. He would give me this education so that I understood the process and that it helped me to be an active member of my care team. So it sounds like having a sort of mentor was really helpful for you. Absolutely. As you were going through. So what's life like for you now post-transplant? So for me, um, as Della said, my reborn day or my kid anniversary <laughs> uh, was November 5th, 2015. I, I was asleep at three o'clock in the morning. They called and said, we have a kidney for you. I went in that time, five in the morning, I got out of surgery at midnight. And I just remember the first time I opened my eyes, it was like colors looked brighter. The world looked (laughs) so much brighter. It was like I was coming out of a fog or I was just waking up for the first time in a long time. The way I honor this gift, um, six weeks to the day after I was transplanted, my dad passed away unexpectedly. Everything worked out because I always say my kidney saved my life in two ways. It saved my life, you know, it gave me a second chance at life. But when I was in the worst pain that I could ever be in, my kidney is what helped me to keep moving because I knew, you know, I knew my dad held on to make sure I had that kidney. And Mm -hmm. then once he saw that I was okay and I had my kidney, he felt the peace to, you know, go to his heavenly home. So here it is six years later, my kidney is doing fantastic. I named my kidney, most people name their kidney. I named my thriller because um, sometimes people get what I call, you know, sleepy kidneys. And fortunately uh-huh. my kidney started working right there on the operating table. So I came out of surgery with what we call the liquid gold urine um, <laughs> starting already. And it's been fantastic ever since. Um, Every day is a day to be grateful for something. Yeah, wonderful. Oh my gosh, I just love that perspective. And congratulations on your transplant. And I'm sorry that it was like a bittersweet time of losing your dad and getting this like 
second rebirth through the transplant. I want to talk to you both about uh, Take Charge. So uh, Della and Quinn are both facilitators for Take Charge. Uh, I'd love for you to tell us about what that program is. Quinn, I don't know if you want to start or myself. Well, basically, this is a program that really was developed by like Stanford University, uh, something, uh, 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 an organization that really, uh, that I guess NKFI had collaborated with. And what we do is pretty much is um, trying to provide some um, skills and tools to people who's living with like long-term health problems, you know, to try to help them, to encourage them about taking charge of their life so they can live a more healthier life. And in our regards, uh, we're dealing, of course, kidney health. Mm -hmm. And so one of the good things that I loved about the program, it allows me to not only engage with other uh, individuals, but then at the same time to empower and encourage and at the same, just really help them and talk about some of the tools that collectively they can do and use to try to live their life more healthier, the best life that they can. The one thing that I really love about the Take Charge program is that we give patients practical skills that they can use every day. And we give them opportunities to utilize these skills in everyday settings so that they get more comfortable with it. Um, I think specifically, we give them an opportunity to practice speaking up to their healthcare providers. The more you practice it, the more that it becomes normalized for you. And so when you go to talk to your um, healthcare provider, you have that confidence to speak up. I love the practical skill of action planning. You know, mm-hmm. every week you come in with a goal to meet for the week and it gives you something to work towards. And when you reach that goal, whether it's exercising, whether it's eating right, whatever it may be, you know, it gives you the confidence to continue setting goals and bigger goals for yourself, knowing that you can attain them. Yeah, that's fantastic. It sounds like a great way to learn how to advocate for yourself and how to see some real progress when you've got those smaller milestones to meet. Exactly. So who can participate in this program? If you have chronic, the one for the, I know that um, NKF program is specific to kidney patients. So if you have chronic kidney disease, if you're in stages one through four, um, if you're on dialysis, and even if you're a transplant patient, there's something in here for you to empower you, to educate you, and to help you to live your healthiest life, your best life. It's open to, if you're having, if you're trying to learn anything with managing your kidney disease, wherever you are, uh, we invite you to come join us because we have something to give to you. Fantastic. So why is this program, do you think, so important for people living with kidney disease specifically? Well, I know from my, when I actually started this journey, just even going through the training, it definitely gave me the sense of of control, a sense of empowerment. And it helped me to be able to identify a lot of things that I did not know in the beginning, but it also made a connection for me in a sense that there's other individuals out there that can relate and together 
there are tools that can help me live this life, you know, uh, that I can, even though I have chronic kidney disease, even though I'm a transplant recipient, or even if it's a situation I was on dialysis, I can still live. I can live a healthy, the best life that I possibly can while going through this. And one of the things that I enjoyed about this it, it really gives that a sense of empowerment. It gives the education behind it. And then at the same time, like Kuyan said earlier, speak up. It allows you to be able to make a connection, not only with your healthcare team, your your family, all of those stakeholders that's involved. And so I just think this program is really, really, is touching a more broader sense. Yeah, it sounds like a great way to like really take charge, pardon the pun, of your health. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What kind of skills can participants expect to learn from this program, like uh, practical everyday skills, aside from what you've already mentioned with the advocacy for yourself and empower the feeling of empowerment? What other skills can they expect to learn? Oh, they can learn about um, diet. They learn about how to read food labels, which is so important. Um, You know, how to identify how much potassium, how much phosphorus is in, you know, servings so that they can keep count of things like that. They learn about exercising. You also learn about brainstorming. And I think brainstorming is such an effective skill to have because a lot of times when you go and come from appointments, you get so much information, you don't always know how to sort through it. So sometimes Mm -hmm. being able to sit and brainstorm and kind of go through it that way helps you to make more informed decisions. Mm -hmm. Oh, that sounds so useful. I even... I had a doctor's appointment recently and I thought, well, I wish I'd written all this down because I know I'm not going to remember all the things they told me to do. And so that sounds like that's very useful skill to have when you're especially going to multiple appointments and trying to keep track of everything. What skills or knowledge have you incorporated into your own lives since uh, going through the program? That action planning for me. Oh my goodness. I plan my week before I did not plan. It's just, I was a get up and go. And so now, you know, setting an action plan and actually accomplishing the goal that I set, it's that seeing that many win. And that's something I didn't do before. What about for you, Quinn? One of the things that we also cover is um, mental health things, such as how to manage anxiety, uh, well, Mm -hmm. how to manage depression. And so um, I know that for a lot of patients, including myself, sometimes you go through things that leave you in a dark space. And so there are tools there that help you to kind of be mindful of how you feel, um, track how you feel, and um, take time to kind of self-care and love on yourself and to give yourself some grace and find a way, you know, try to find a way out of the darkness. And so for me, that's very helpful just because when you're managing a lot of different things, you know, you have kidney disease with other comorbidities or other things happen on there and it could be a lot to deal with. Yeah, that's so important to to take care of your mental health as well as your physical health. Yeah. Um, So what does taking charge of your health mean to you? For me, taking charge of my health is being intentional about my body, my health, my wealth, my mental health, my physical health, holistic health, and making sure that I'm living the best life that I can in each moment. You know, everything that you said is exactly what I could have said and more. Um, (laughs) The key thing that I'm just going to put a caveat with that for myself is really understanding who I am. 
mm-hmm. knowing my purpose, knowing me, understanding me better, learning by myself, really, truly, honestly, learning how to take care of me. And that's something because oftentimes, especially in an area of advocacy, we are obtaining information, we're sharing information, we're about empowering others, and we're trying to make that connection. But sometimes we get lost in the process. I know for myself. And so I'm learning even more now that it is okay that I can't be a superhero. I have to learn to take care of me first before I'm trying to help someone else take care of themselves. Yeah, it's that old uh, put your own oxygen mask on first before yes. helping somebody else philosophy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what uh, final words of wisdom or advice do you have for somebody living with a chronic disease who might feel hopeless or overwhelmed? I would say just take one day at a time. It's okay. Take one day at a time. I, you know, I have a model that my will to live is stronger than the disease. And that model is what drives me. It is okay. Know you. Take care of you. Um, just knowing that just because you have a chronic illness, that chronic illness does, does, does not dictate your outcome. You dictate your outcome. And for me, having a chronic illness is as Della said, taking it one day at a time, but also learning that you write your own narrative about the life you want to live. You have so many people who try to tell you what chronic illness looks like or what you should be able to do, what you shouldn't be able to do. And no one lives the life that you live. When it gets hard, that's okay. Have grace with yourself and know that you're trying. But ultimately, you get to write the narrative about the life you want to live. And if you write the narrative that you want to live a great life, you can do that. Wow, that's wonderful advice. Thank you both. Thanks to our guests, Della Major and Quinn Taylor, for sharing their journeys with us today. If you're ready to take charge of your own health, join us for the free Virtual Take Charge program. Visit the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois website at nkfi.org to learn more. I'm Sarah Jane Castro, and this is The Journey Continues. Prevention is a key part of our mission at NKFI. That's why at the end of each episode, Dr. Melissa Prest offers a health or nutrition tip. Here's today's health tip about exercise and physical activity. Everyone can benefit from moving their bodies daily. 30 to 60 minutes a day of some form of activity is recommended for its health benefits. Exercise has been shown to help with weight management and combat health conditions and diseases like heart disease, high blood pressure, strokes, diabetes, arthritis, depression, and anxiety. Exercise can increase your energy level, promote better sleep, and can actually be fun. Your exercise routine should include a variety of movement that gets your heart rate up and encourages you to use your muscles. Flexibility is also important so that you can move your joints through a full range of motion. Walking, jogging, jumping rope, climbing stairs, hiking, riding a bike, swimming and rowing are exercises that get your heart pumping. Lifting weights or using exercise bands can be a great way to strengthen your muscles. And yoga or Tai Chi movements are great at increasing your flexibility. Whenever starting an exercise program, talk with your healthcare provider to discuss which types of exercises are most appropriate for you. Start slow and gradually increase your time and intensity. While 30 to 60 minutes a day is the recommendation, start where you can. Maybe it's 10 minutes a day. 
and continue to work until you get to the goal of 30 to 60 minutes. Always pay attention and listen to your body. If you feel dizzy, faint, or ill, stop exercising and follow up with your provider. With today's health tip, I'm Melissa Prest, a registered dietitian nutritionist and the foundation dietitian for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. The Journey Continues is brought to you by the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois and sponsored by Donate Life Illinois. To learn more about kidney disease and living donation, visit www.nkfi.org. To register to become an eye, tissue, and organ donor, visit lifegoeson.com. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe to and leave a review for The Journey Continues in Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. This podcast is produced by Rivet. To hear more great podcasts, visit rivet360.com.